Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, the Prime Minister says his focus is on racism in Canada, not what's going on in the United States. Canadians continue to watch with consternation and horror what goes on, what's going on in the United States right now, uh, but that can't uh, keep us from uh, looking very carefully at our own systems and the work that we need to do to make sure that the millions of Canadians who face discrimination and tolerance every single day in their lived reality uh, get better support. Canada's Chief Medical Officer of Health warns of the potential for an explosive second wave of COVID-19. If we relax certain things too soon, uh, if we don't continue these public health measures, um, there's a very uh, high likelihood of some sort of rebound and resurgence. And an announcement is expected to help Canadians with disabilities facing challenges because of the pandemic. It is National Accessibility Week, so it would be a good time to make that announcement. And lots of people across the country who are living on disability have been, uh, I'm sure, writing to you, writing to me, writing to everybody, basically asking, well, what about us? It's Friday, June the 5th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by HuffPost Canada's Ottawa Bureau Chief and the host of the follow-up podcast, Althea Raj. Good morning, Althea. Good morning, Mark. We're expecting an announcement today on some funding for Canadians living with disabilities. And I know that there have been a series of announcements, of course, over the last few weeks and months about people uh, in different situations affected by the coronavirus uh, this is one area that many people have said needed attention. Are we finally going to see that attention today? Well, I actually don't know what the government is going to be announcing in terms of funding, but I do, uh, well, we were told. <laughs> HuffPost had a, a town hall called Ask and Answer with Minister Qualtro and Minister Ng on Tuesday, and Carla Qualtro said that by the end of the week, um, people who are on disability would be very happy with an announcement by the Prime Minister. And we haven't seen anything yet, so one assumes it has to come today. Um, and it is National Accessibility Week, so it would be a good time to make that announcement. And lots of people across the country who are living on disability have been, uh, I'm sure, writing to you, writing to me, writing to everybody, basically asking, well, what about us? Like, our costs have increased. Um, is there going to be money for people uh, on disability? And provincially, uh in some parts of the country, there has been money, like in British Columbia, for example, uh, recipients in that province have received a top-up. Uh, Carla Qualtro, who um, has a, a visual impairment herself, uh, talked about not just that people on disability have seen uh, costs increase in terms of um, you know, uh, prescription dispensing fees, for example, but she talked about how they are, in many cases, um, their ability to be independent and to, to move around, to be autonomous, has severely been impacted because a lot of the services that they depend on are run by volunteers. And uh, with everybody being told to stay home, uh, a lot of people who are on disability, who are living with a disability, are basically stuck at home and are in a pretty vulnerable position. So I think a lot of people will be looking at the Prime Minister for this morning's announcement. Um, this is the second announcement, if I can just add, uh, that has long been awaited for because yesterday on Thursday, the Prime Minister finally announced that that top-up to OAS and GIS, which is worth a combined $500, uh, will be coming in a separate payment as the week of July 6th. Right. So seniors in Canada who have been waiting for this one-time payment 
are going to wait roughly another month to receive that. Yeah, the government's explanation for the delay was that they were trying to find a way where seniors would not have to apply for the program. They wanted to ensure that it could just be dispersed automatically and separately because it's a tax-free payment. Um, It it is interesting that it had actually taken this long. And, you know, usually I don't... um, I don't tend to think the government is mean-spirited. I tend to think the government is incompetent. Um, And I I think this maybe just highlights, you know, if the third had been a you-need-to-apply-for-it program, uh, how impactful that might have been in the sense that people may not have seen payments for months and months and months. Um, So it, it is interesting that they decided to make this decision with regards to seniors, the government's answer to that question was that they wanted to prevent fraud, not that seniors would commit fraud, they stressed, but that they felt that others might commit fraud on seniors' behalf. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, In the context of the coronavirus, uh, Theresa Tam, the top medical officer of health in the country, has warned of uh, the potential for an explosive second wave if uh, the reopening of different parts of society is mishandled. Um, uh, so what what specifically could go wrong here? Uh, I think we all know there's the potential for this, but what is she alluding to? Well, she's concerned that we may be opening too fast and too quickly and kind of thinking that um, the coronavirus is behind us and life goes back as normal. And she's very much stressed that the virus is, still amongst us, especially in Ontario and Quebec, which is making up 90% of the cases that we're seeing these days, and that community transmission is with us, and people really do need to keep social distancing, wear their masks when they go out in public, and that if we relax too much or too soon, the explosive growth of the second wave will hit us even probably earlier than we expect. Um, Obviously, we don't have a vaccine yet, but I think there is a She is concerned that people who have been cooped up in their homes for many months now um, might forget that this is still a very active threat. Um, And so, uh, you know, she's not she's pretty measured in her tone. So she's not like she was uh, crying and waving her hands in the air. But it was very much, I think, a call to action in making Canadians realize, especially in Ontario and Quebec, that we get laxing too quickly and too soon, and maybe this is a message to uh, provincial premiers, that uh, could cause unwanted uh, consequences. And we saw this week Premier Ford announced basically that uh, Ontario will remain on lockdown till the end of the month, but that there will be some easing region by region. We know a decision on uh, you know restaurants having their patios open, for example, will be coming in the next uh, couple of days. Um, Basically, they're not going to follow Quebec's example. And I think maybe what was weighing in the background of Dr. Tam's announcement is that we are seeing Quebec really aggressively reopen quickly. Um, Restaurants in that province, for example, as of June 15th, that all the restaurants outside of the Greater Montreal will be able to reopen. In Trois-Rivières, there was a case in the news uh, just this week that nine out of the total 11 students in one classroom have been infected by COVID-19 because one of the students spread it to his classmates. And so, um, you know, that is a perfect example of what can happen when we let our guard down. And I think that was her message. Do not let your guard down. Right. 
All right, let's turn to a video that showed an RCMP officer striking an Inuit man with his truck. Uh, The Prime Minister would not respond to direct questions about that yesterday, although he did acknowledge that systemic discrimination and racism exist in this country. Um, This is a persistent theme, obviously, this week. So uh, tell us more about the Prime Minister's approach to this issue. Well, Mark, I wish I could um, spread a light on it, but frankly, I'm not sure I really understand it. Justin Trudeau is very good at paying lip service to things that he says he cares about, but when it comes to actually um, showcasing action behind the words, I think in many instances the Prime Minister has fallen short. And I think one thing that was very striking uh, in yesterday's press conference, the morning press conference, where he was asked this very question about this video that's been circulating uh, all week, basically, about an intoxicated man in Cape Dorset um, who is uh, you walking, you know, there's snow and ice and it's slippery and he's walking not in a straight line. It's clearly unstable. And this RCMP truck comes in with the driver's door open and slams into him and the man falls to the ground. And a driver comes out of his truck to keep the man pinned down on the ground and four other RCMP officers come. The Prime Minister, in the wake of everything that is happening in the United States, the Prime Minister would not say that, you know, maybe this was... uh, force that wasn't necessary um, or even question uh, what the Mounties were doing in that particular instance. And so while the Prime Minister speaks about systemic racism um, and acknowledges that it exists, it doesn't seem like the tone from the top uh, that, you know, obviously if it's a systemic problem, it requires systemic change, that the Prime Minister is suggesting any changes. Um, and, you know, couple that with the fact that the Prime Minister would not commit to, and this is not about uh, discrimination or racism, but would not commit to investigation of the Mounties in Nova Scotia, for example, would not commit to supporting that. Uh, this week, he was heavily criticized uh, for the government's lack of action with regards to the 231 call to actions of the National Inquiry on Missing Women and Girls, Indigenous Women and Girls. Um, even things that are very simple, uh, one would think, you know, like announcing the creation of a National Indigenous Human Rights Ombudsman, which is one of the calls to action. Um, the government was given a failing grade by the women's organization on that. And so, um, on the one hand, uh, the liberals are uh, criticizing Donald Trump in some ways by the Prime Minister's silence. We saw on Thursday, or we saw on Wednesday. Um but when it comes to actually bringing concrete solutions to addressing the problems here, we also have heard silence. Let's talk about Huawei and the mm-hmm. fact that the U.S. State Department has said if Canada does business with Huawei on its 5G networks, then then the U.S. would have to reevaluate its sharing of intelligence with Canada. Uh, does that? Uh, that's a pretty strong signal, obviously, that uh, the United States doesn't want. Huawei involved in Canada's 5G networks? Yeah, that is not a secret, but um, it is uh, increasingly puzzling why the Liberals have yet to make a decision on banning Huawei from Canada. Most security experts expect the government to, the federal government, to say that they will ban Huawei from Canada. 
Um, but the liberals feel like they can keep kicking the can down the road, and that's what we've kept seeing. Um, there's really nothing more to add than what you said. The latest development is a spokesperson from the State Department saying that they would have to reevaluate their intelligence-sharing relationship with Canada. Obviously, we depend a lot on U.S. intelligence, and uh, it seems, uh, frankly, incomprehensible that Canada would not side with the U.S. on this uh, on this issue. All right, Althea, great to have your comments on all these topics. Thank you very much for joining us today. You too, Mark. Stay safe. Have a great weekend. That's Althea Raj, HuffPost Canada's Ottawa Bureau Chief. Canadians continue to watch with consternation and horror what goes on, what's going on in the United States right now. Uh, but that can't uh, keep us from uh, looking very carefully at our own systems and the work that we need to do to make sure that the millions of Canadians who face discrimination and tolerance every single day in their lived reality uh, get better support. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In the Globe and Mail, Peter Dinolo argues that by remaining silent on Donald Trump, Canada's leaders signal a national frailty. Dinolo writes... When confronted with the most aberrant president in U.S. history, is silence really the best we can do? It is presumably in the defense of Canada's interests that Justin Trudeau bites his tongue to offend or anger Donald Trump could unleash a torrent of reprisals on the Canadian economy. But what happens when defending interests comes at the expense of standing up for our values? If we only find our voice when there is no risk, then we are not truly sovereign. At Policy Options... Selena Cesar Chavanis argues if Black Lives Matter, it's time for true policy action and accountability. Cesar Chavanis writes, If diversity is truly going to be our strength and Black Lives Matter is going to be a reality beyond the hashtag, our governments need to be serious and intentional about policy that is inclusive and funding that is sustainable. We are beyond the point of community consultations and rhetoric. It is time for accountability and action. And both need to start now. In an editorial, the Toronto Star makes the case for saying no to Huawei. The Star writes, Justin Trudeau ducked and dived on Thursday when asked whether Ottawa will allow Huawei to be part of Canada's 5G network. But he can stop wringing his hands over this decision and simply say no. Everything is pointing in one direction. Canada can't trust Huawei, and along with it the Chinese government, to have a significant role in what will be a key part of our economic infrastructure. Trust in China's word is at a low point, and that's tainting Huawei as well. Now here's what's coming up on Canada's political agenda. Representatives from Canada's tourism industry will be holding a virtual news conference today to ask the federal government for help to survive the economic ravages of COVID-19. CPAC's Martin Stringer has more. Mark, the press conference today will be a virtual press conference on Zoom. It's being held by the Tourism Industry Association of Canada and is being advertised as the launch of an industry-developed recovery strategy to help the industry survive the downturn. The industry in Canada is said to represent more than $100 billion to the Canadian economy. It supports 1.8 million jobs. That's roughly 1 in 11 Canadian jobs. Last Sunday, Economic Development Minister Melanie Jolie announced that $30 million originally intended to promote Canada as a tourist destination for people abroad will now be retargeted to Canadians to persuade them of the benefits of exploring Canada. 
But many people have pointed out that that's hardly a hard sell with so many people limited in their choices because of the lockdown and travel restrictions. Ottawa also announced $40 million will be redirected to some promotional agencies in Western Canada and Ontario. But the industry reacted by saying that that certainly can't be all if Ottawa is serious about helping the sector survive. The uh, federal government also argues that it's offered a helping hand with its wage subsidy program and small business loans and other emergency measures. But it'll be interesting to see what the industry association says might be the fix to the hard times ahead. Thanks, Martin. Also today, the Prime Minister is expected to give an update on the coronavirus situation. And Indigenous Services Minister Mark Miller will be joined by health officials at a news conference in Ottawa to provide an update on COVID-19. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Friday, June the 5th. Tune in to CPAC and CPAC.ca throughout the day and weekend for coverage of the coronavirus crisis. Our podcast returns Monday morning. Have a great weekend.